0: And if you go there, you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast as well. We love hearing from you, so please feel free to contact us with any questions and comments that you may have. Well, we're going to go on into our study now. Let me invite you to go ahead and take your Bible and turn with us because I know it's going to be a blessing to you. The meaning of the New Covenant was given to the Apostle Paul, and although the Apostle Paul was not of the original twelve, it was still to him that the Lord gave the meaning of the New Covenant. Uh, Due to what Jesus did at the cross, the fullness of God's grace can now be realized and experienced by all mankind simply by faith. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, we looked at this uh, last week, it's a very familiar passage of Scripture to you, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. This was Paul's message, and it didn't sit too well with the Jews. You've got to understand, these people had the law for some 1,500 years. Their culture, everything was centered around the keeping of the law. And w- when a person's been taught a certain way all their life, it's very difficult to get them to see it any other way. When you take someone that's been taught Mormonism and you try to teach them Jesus Christ as we know him, you can't do that because in their minds they've still got an idea of what their Jesus is. He's the brother of Satan and so on and so forth. And, you know, until you've got to undo what they've been taught in order to get back down to the foundation. And that's why it's so difficult, even for those of us that that are Christian. Uh, We've been taught a certain way all of our lives, and then once we get saved, uh, we try to drag what we've always been taught over into our living for God. And we have to unlearn a bunch of stuff. And uh, like I said, it can be extremely difficult. And these Jews, like I said, they... They have been under the law for some 1,500 years. They come to understand salvation simply by keeping the law. Or you were born Jewish, you were automatically saved. Some of them had that concept of salvation. Just keep the law, and there you're, you're saved if you simply keep the law. But really, uh, that wasn't the purpose of the law, because no one was ever able to keep the law. No one ever kept it, except for the Lord Jesus Christ. And God gave within the confines of the law the sacrificial system. God knew that man couldn't keep the law, but man didn't know that. Man said, give us the law and we'll keep it. No, they didn't. And no one has ever been able to, despite what people say. But whenever a person would break God's law... There was the sacrifice. Whenever you sinned, if you would go and take that sacrifice that God demanded and offer it up, then you would be in right standing with God. And it's pretty much the same way today. When we sin, notice I said when we sin, and I'm, I'm talking about Christians now. And you may sit here tonight and you say, well, Brother James, I don't sin. Uh, Would you see me after the service? I'd like to talk with you a few minutes in the office. When you sin, the Bible says if we'll confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. And there's things that we do on a daily basis that we don't even realize is sin, but it's still sin. And you just go to the Lord and say, Lord, please forgive me of anything that I've done today that was not pleasing in your sight. And help me to realize and understand what these things are. And believe me, he'll do it. He'll do it. At any rate, that was the purpose for the sacrificial system because God knew that man could not keep his law. But just like anything else, the offering up of the sacrifices became just a mere ritual. It's just something we do. God said, do it. We just do it. You got people that come in here when we take the Lord's Supper. It's just something they do. You got people that, Brother James baptized me. Well, why do you want to be baptized? Well, I just want to make sure I got all my bases covered, you know. They've read something, heard something, whatever. The case. They just want to go through the ritual of these things. And if you're not careful, your living for God will become a ritual. See your your Bible reading, your prayer time, your your fasting, your church attendance. Uh, if you're not careful, your your relationship with God will become cold, and you're just going through the motions. Uh, of things. And the Jews was all caught up in, in the doing of the law. Uh, the law was simply meant to show man just how bad off he really was, because man didn't know how bad. God knew how bad he was. But uh that was the reason for the sacrifices. But the meaning of the new covenant is simply this Jesus Christ is That sacrifice, that sacrifice in the Old Testament pointed to Christ and what he would do. Turn in your Bibles, if you will, to Hebrews chapter 10. We'll look at something here. Move down, if you will, to the 12th verse. Paul said, but this man, he's speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, forever sat down on the right hand of God. In other words, Jesus Christ fulfilled all of the law. It's finished. It's over. Um, The Jews didn't like that at all. They did not like that Jesus had fulfilled it all because they wanted to hold on to their their rituals and, and whatever the case, and they hated Paul because of this. That's one of the reasons why I believe that Paul didn't put his name on the book of Hebrews. There was so much hatred and animosity against Paul for saying these things. Uh, They were slandering his name. And if you'll go to Romans chapter 3 and verse 8, you'll see where Paul mentioned that there. He said, uh, Romans 3 verse 8, we be slanderously reported. As some affirm that we say, let us do evil, that good may come. These Jews were so mad with Paul, they were just saying all kinds of things about him. Uh, Paul's teaching that we don't have to do anything anymore. Uh, The more we sin, the more we glorify God. And these rumors get to going around, and people get to spreading rumors. Paul was constantly having to defend himself because of people going around running their mouths. And, you know, it's the same Thing today it has not changed it was going on back then and it's still going on today like i said these jews they were mad at paul for saying all these things i mean you think about it you've been doing something all your life and then somebody comes along and says that's fulfilled you don't have to do that anymore i mean you you're going you're gonna upset some people and uh they he he Pretty well upset a bunch of Jews. Now, they were all for accepting Christ as their Savior, but they didn't want to give up this offering up of the lambs and so forth. And you know, God put up with it for a certain amount of time, but the Jews kept offering up those sacrifices despite what the Apostle Paul said. And that's one of the reasons why I believe the temple was destroyed in 70 A.D., because when the temple was destroyed, that was the end of offering up sacrifices. And God put a stop to it. Whenever a person comes up and says, I believe in Christ, but I also believe you have to do this, it's a slap in the face of God. Now, you do not You really don't realize it, but it's a slap. You're actually saying that what Jesus did... At Calvary's cross was not enough and that you've got to do this over here. Man stood me down a while back, Brother James, you got to be baptized, you know. Right then, that prayer you pray with people, it don't do a bit of good because if you ain't stand there and baptize them right then, they ain't saved. Well, his faith was in water baptism. Yes, his faith was in Christ, but it was also in, and them Jews were doing the same exact thing. We believe in Christ, but we're going to keep offering up our sacrifices. We're going to keep circumcising the children. We're going to keep the Sabbath day. We're going to keep, Paul said, if you do these things, Christ has become of none effect unto you. We see it today with the seventh day Adventist. They believe in Christ, but they believe you've also got to keep Saturday. You got to abstain from pork, you've got to do this you got in essence, what they're saying is what Jesus Christ did at the cross was not enough. We've got to do this over here, same way it is with some free will Baptist. they got it in that head up there. If you're not associated with original free will Baptist, then you you ain't right. you do not get the honor and the privilege that And if you're not in this little clique over here that graduated from a certain college with X amount of degree, they don't even recognize you as being a pastor. You're just... Anyway, let me leave that alone. It's been stated that the doing of religion is one of the strongest narcotics there is. I've done so and so makes you feel good because you've done some people come to church and they feel good they feel like they've done something because they've come to church or they feel like they've done something now because they've been baptized or they took the lord's supper it's the doing of religion is one of the strongest narcotics there is and you know it makes people like i said feel good about themselves They get the idea, look at me, look at what I've done. It creates a spirit of pride when you get down to it. And and pride cometh before a fall. It produces self-righteousness. You think about that, self-righteousness. If it's not the righteousness of Christ, it's no righteousness at all. Our righteousness is as filthy rags, and God will not recognize that. It produces a spirit of, I'm better than you. And Paul had to address that. If you look there in verse 9, Romans 3, verse 9. What then are we better than they? You see what he's addressing there? Are the Jews better than the Gentiles? You Jews that are saved over there in the church at Rome. You're trying to circumcise the little boy babies and you're doing all this Sabbath keeping and and you're you're still holding on to the law. Do you think you're better than the Gentiles in the church are? There's some people in the church that think they're better than anybody else. Hello? Same problem. They think they're better because they sing in the choir or they teach Sunday school or or they preach, sing a little bit. Let me tell you something. All ground is level at the cross. The cross of Christ leveled the playing field. He said, no in no wise. Verse 9. What then are we better than they? No in no wise. For we have before proved, both Jews and Gentiles, that they are all under sin. Now... In the first two chapters of Romans, Paul dealt with this issue. Chapter 1, we see where the Gentiles rejected God through creation. They went off into idol worship, sexual perversion, whatever the case. God turned them over to a reprobate mind. Chapter 2, Paul dealt with the Jewish situation. They had the law of God. They knew the word of God. And yet, when Jesus Christ came on the scene, they crucified him. And so the Jews were worse off than the Gentiles were. Both of them sinned when you get right down to it. Um, Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, move down if you will to verse 22. I want to look at some things here. Paul wrote the same thing that he did over there in Romans 3 and verse 9. Galatians three twenty two. But the Scripture hath concluded all under sin that the promise... Now, what is the promise? The promise is eternal life. But the Scripture hath concluded all under sin that the promise by faith Now, in the Greek, we have what is known as the definite article in front of the word faith. And actually, it's saying the faith. By the faith of Jesus Christ might be given unto them that believe. Again, it's all by faith. Faith is the key. Verse 23. But before, again, we have the definite article before the word faith. But before the faith came. In other words, before Christ came and died on the cross, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. That means that every aspect of the Old Testament in some way pointed to Christ. Verse 24, wherefore the law was our schoolmaster, the law was our teacher. Like I said just a few minutes ago. The law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. In other words, the law was just to show us that man couldn't do right. But just because you, you messed up, you failed the Lord, that didn't mean that you lost your way. If you would offer up the sacrifice that God demanded, then you could still be in right standing with God. It's the same way today. When we failed the Lord... We asked the Lord to forgive us, and he's promised us that he would do it. It's not how many times you fail, it's how many times you get up. And, you know, if you don't quit, God won't quit. And if you'll look there in verse 25, but after that, again, we have the definite article in front of faith. But after that, the faith is come. Again, that refers to Christ's finished work. We are no longer under a schoolmaster. This plainly tells us that the law was never intended to be a permanent thing. It was a temporary thing for a certain amount of time until Christ came. It was simply meant to get us to Christ. Verse 26, for ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. It makes no difference who the person is. Makes no difference what their race is. If they accept Christ, they're considered to be a child of God. For as many as you have been baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. We are in Christ Jesus. If your faith is in His finished work, in the mind of God, you've put on Christ. It's just like the clothes you're wearing tonight. You are clothed. Your nakedness is covered. Nakedness is is symbolic of sin. When you stand before God one day, He will not see your sin. He will see you clothed in His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the only way you're going to get into heaven. Verse 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. Now that right there is the answer to racism. Look at it. That right there is the answer to racism. See, the nation right now, the world, is looking for an answer to this problem of racism. Right here it is. Racism is a heart problem. Once you are in Christ Jesus, your faith is in his finished work. That's done away with. We're all one in Christ. There can be no unity of races in this world until all come under the headship of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sadly and regrettably, the world out here is not going to accept that. That's why we have the shootings that we have. That's why we have black lives you know, matter. Well, all lives matter. And now they flip that around and say, you're being racist by saying that. So, I mean, it, it's, a heart, it's a heart problem, Let's see. But the Lord will, will deal with that if we'll let him. All right, go back, if you will, to Romans 3, verse 9. We'll get a good running start once again. What then are we better than they know and know wise? For we have before proved, both Jews and Gentiles, that they are all under sin. We're all in the same boat. Let me say this. When you get saved, we're still all in the same boat. There's no such thing as someone being more saved than anybody else. You may have some people that have matured in the Lord you know, a little more than someone else. And and we are be on different levels as far as that goes, but there ain't nobody any better than anybody else. We all come the same way at the foot of the cross, and that's the only way. As it is written, if you look there in verse 10, as it is written. Now, Paul is coming from Psalms chapter 14 and the uh, first three verses there. And Paul is taking them right to the Scriptures because the Jews were holding firmly to the Scriptures. You've got to bring the sacrifice. You've got to do the circumcision. got to keep the Sabbath days. Well, Paul goes right straight to the Scripture now to prove his point, see. And that's where it all has to go back to. This right here, this Bible uh, that we're looking at tonight has to be the foundation uh, of everything that we do, everything we teach and, and so forth. There is none righteous, no, not one. Now there is a righteousness according to man's standard. But that says filthy rags in the sight of God. There is a righteousness in God's standard. And no one's ever been able to uh, attain to that level except for the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to see the righteousness of God... Look at the Lord Jesus Christ. That is perfection. And that's what a Christian is. We are to strive to be like Christ. There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. Now, we've got some highly educated people in this world that come up with all kind of things. They can do some amazing things things today. But again, I'll make the statement that I've made before. Education without God is no education at all, because the bottom line is, when you stand before God one day, do you know Him? A lot of people will stand before the Lord in that day, And say, Lord, did we not do this in your name? Did we not do that in your name? And he'll say, depart from me, for I never knew you. They never knew him. It's important. Yes, all of us accept Christ as our Savior. All of us are saved. But it's important for you as a child of God to develop your relationship with Christ. You talk to him, you open up his word on a daily basis and let him talk to you. It's a relationship. But there's none that understandeth. That also carries the idea that man doesn't want to understand God. He can't understand God with the natural mind. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 14, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. And Paul said in Romans 8 and verse 10 that man is born spiritually dead because of sin. There is none that seeketh after God. Man left on his own will not seek after God, at least uh, the God of the Bible. However, in religion, you'll find men reaching after other gods, but it's not the God of the Bible. Christianity is the only, and I'll use the word religion for Lack of a better term, I guess, since it's in that so-called category. Christianity is the only religion in which we see God reaching out for man. In all the other religions of the world, you see man reaching out after God. But Christianity is the only one where we see God reaching down for man. But there's none that seeketh after God. And we're talking about Jehovah God, the God of the Bible. They are all gone out of the way. Have you ever noticed how people just deliberately avoid the things of God? I'll try to be circumspect with this. But there are some people that I go visit. And every time I pull up in the yard, they run and hide. I go and visit the one I have gone to see. But you would think I've got the plague or I've got leprosy or something. The rest of the family, hey preacher, how you doing? I even walked in one time and they were sitting there with a can of beer in their hand. Preacher, don't pay me no mind. I've had a hard day and I'm going to drink my beer. But when I got to talking about the Lord, they got up and walked outside. They deliberately go out of the way to avoid anything that has to do with God. I offend them. I can't help it. They deliberately, they are all gone out of the way. The other thing I want to point out here, God has one way. It's always been one way. Ever since the fall, God immediately pointed to the sacrifice. And it's still the sacrifice, the sacrifice that Christ paid on the cross of Calvary. And he's the only way. There is no other way. They are altogether become unprofitable. Never has a truer statement been made. They have altogether become unprofitable. Let me read you this. At the turn of the 20th century, an American educator and pastor, A.E. Winship, decided to trace out the descendants of Jonathan Edwards. Now, Jonathan Edwards was a preacher back over a 100 and some years ago, uh, during the 1800s, I believe it was. And uh, he preached a message entitled, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. The Lord helped him to write that message out. And when he preached, he just read it off exactly as the Lord gave it to him. And the anointing of the Holy Spirit was so strong... In that message, that grown men, when they heard it, they would, they would grab the, the columns uh, of the buildings where they were in, feeling like they were fixing to fall off in the pit of hell, and people were getting saved left and right during that particular time period. Uh, but the descendants of, of John Edwards, uh, it was compared to a man by the name of Max Jukes, Jukes' legacy came to the forefront when the family trees of 42 different men in the New York prison system traced back to him. Now, we're going to look at Max Jukes and his descendants. As the Bible says, they are together become unprofitable. Listen at this. Max Jukes' descendants included seven murderers, 60 thieves, 50 women of prostitution, 130 other convicts, 400 others who were full-blown alcoholics, 310 were paupers living in poor houses. It it was estimated that the Max Jukes descendants costed the state more than one and a quarter million dollars. They have altogether become unpaid. And the sad thing about it, it's still happening today. When people do not follow after God, they become unprofitable. I look at the world, the talents and the abilities that some people have, and it's just wasted. It's just wasted. The the ability that God has given some people to make money, and it's just wasted. They have altogether become unprofitable. And let me say this. The most profitable thing that you can do is to support the work of God. That's the most profitable thing you can do. Jonathan Edwards left a godly legacy, and it's this. One U.S. vice president, three U.S. senators, three governors, three mayors, 13 college presidents, 30 judges, 65 professors, 80 public office holders, 100 lawyers, and 100 missionaries. You see what happens when a person gives their heart and life over to the Lord Jesus Christ? They, become, they, they move from a position of being unprofitable to doing something that's actually going to mount to something, not only in this world, but in the world to come. There's a whole lot more that I can say about this verse, but uh, we've just run out of time, and I'll just save that for next time.